Welcome to Blitzkrieg Bop, the maiden voyage of a particular episode style of the Pretty Good Vibrations podcast, which celebrates and analyzes pop and rock music. Today, I am joined by the good captain, Mr. Ryan Downs. Thank you for being here, Ryan. I'm excited. This is right up my alley. It is. And you have been on the show before, but it's going to probably come out later. People will hear the one we did with your dad and I. Uh, this one is a by design uh, supposed to be like a single episode, no, not a two-parter. We're getting through some stuff quickly and in a punchy way, much like the songs we will be discussing. It's a Let me describe. Baby. It's a blitz. Lightning it's war. a blitzkrieg bop. And I, I initially wanted to call these episodes "Bats Out of Hell." By which I mean, like, the songs start and they just get rolling immediately like a bat out of hell. No foreplay, no pee-footing around, just boom, we are right to the meat of this thing. And there are a lot of different ways you can have a song do that. Like, you could imagine a punk and hardcore set of songs that just start especially aggressive, you know, but the way that we're taking it, the way that you took it, actually, I should say, and that I then followed along with you is this, uh, it's an older type of like recorded energy in music that is um, specifically limited by the physical medium onto which it was recorded. The tape machines and, and what, and what have you in the studios, you know, the, the, physical compression gear and all and and distortion units that they would do. Uh, You know, like if you think about Aretha Franklin, her voice is constantly distorted, like heavily distorted, but it's in an old school way that we just, our ear accepts as natural sounding. And so I am calling this Blitzkrieg Bop analog, uh, analog crunch. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think when you asked me to do this, I think, you, I don't know if you knew that you were going to get a very specific sound out of me. And then when I sent you my list, you're probably like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Then it immediately made sense. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about it at all. I just thought, oh, Ryan would be really fun to do this with, but, but yes, not surprised. This is going to be rad. I'm going to do more of these with, you know, different genres or maybe sort of different interpretations of that kind of bad out of hell terminology or that, that sort of idea of just I'm interested out. to see what different people who have like different tastes in music are going to like pick totally you know what I mean because it's going to be across the board totally I mean you, you know? could imagine like a hip-hop thing where it's like oh totally. just a totally different energy so yeah well I mean in one sense it's all the same energy and right. I, I just let me briefly motivate why I had this idea I've always loved songs that just get right to it maximum energy out the gate. It's just one of my favorite things a song can do. And so that's why I wanted to do these episodes. And then I was going to call them, as I said, bats out of hell. And we were talking, you and I last time we were together and you mentioned Blitzkrieg Bop as a, I think as a song, you know, Hey, actually what I said was like, I walked into the room and you looked like you had been hit by a truck because it was your birthday the night before. (laughs) And you were sitting on the couch and you're like, I'm so excited to do this bat out of hell. And I was like, what about just, just, it's just, it's a blitzkrieg. That's the kind of songs we're talking about. And then you were like blitzkrieg bop and that. So perfect. It is a blitzkrieg bop because it's quick and fast warfare, but it's a bop. 
it's it's yeah. rock music. And like, you know? look, all of these songs that I'm looking at my list right now, all these songs are done in a minute and a half. Or I'm sorry, two and a half minutes. Yeah. Like that's if you can't if you can't do what you're there to do in two and a half minutes, get out. Before we started recording, we were talking about one of the early scenes in Almost Famous where Lester Bangs is putting on one of the songs we're gonna hear later. I won't give it away. But he's also talking about short songs and long songs. And he he pulls out American Woman by the Guess Who. Yeah. And then he's like, the most beautiful piece of gobbledygook ever recorded. Yeah. Well, and then he talks about uh, the letter by the box tops. Yeah. You know, which is like a great song to bring up in talking about like short and sweet and get to the point. And then he says, some, he says, somebody, they accomplish in two and a half minutes what Jethro Toll takes hours to not accomplish. <laughs> to not accomplish. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. funny. This, this list too is funny because like uh, that all of well with a couple of exceptions but we'll talk about them each but like came from that same kind of era in my life when uh rhino records was putting out the uh the nuggets box set in 1998 and like that movie came out and like all this stuff was like kind of happening around the same time so yeah is that the origin of your interest in this kind of more analog like it's energetic but it's older sounding like where do you think that came from i think um i i think the kinks uh, well, it's two things. Um, my dad was super into the kinks and was in a kinks cover band when he was in high school, which had the raddest name ever. And I want to like start another band name this called roundabout way, which I think is the coolest, like most mod band name I've ever heard. But, uh, so he was really into the kinks and I was really into this cassette tape that one of my dad's friends gave me when he found out it was into old timey music. I have yet to find it again, but it was like a collection of like off the off the beaten track 60s hits one of which was you're pushing too hard by the seeds and one was dirty water uh which is like one of the greatest garage rock anthems ever and so like i think that kind of sound like low budget lo-fi uh i was into that from a pretty early age I have one of those type of tracks on my list. I'm excited. I I have seen yours because I had to get the playlist ready, but you haven't seen mine. And that makes Which, me really excited. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. So we each picked six tracks. Um, and what I told you was sort of the criteria was like, what's the, what happens in the first 15 seconds, basically? Like how much can we get going really early? I will play more like 30 to 45 seconds just so we can kind of Mm-hmm. Get to the chorus if possible. A lot of these songs, we will get to a chorus in 45 seconds. Uh, yeah. And, you know, hear a bit more of the music because we love the songs. We don't only love the first 10 seconds of the songs. But that's really what, like, my commentary is going to be focusing on and what I'll be thinking about is, like, the opening and what I'm hearing. So we'll start with your number six, and we'll just alternate from six up to one. Your love number it. six is American Music by the Blasters. Do you want to yes. set up this clip before we play it? Uh, the Blasters um, can't comes from my love of rockabilly, uh, which like is from high school and uh, early college. And then I also love uh, early L.A. punk rock. So I love X and uh, the Blasters were this band in L.A. with the Minutemen and hanging out with X and doing like all of these. In fact, X and the Blasters formed a band called the Knitters and put out an album, which is awesome. Um, but Dave Alvin, great guitarist, great singer. And uh, man, they did it short and sweet and pretty traditional too. Okay. Here's American music. 
wanna hear some American music. Wanna hear some American music? American music. They wanna hear that sound right from the USA. Well, it's a howl from the desert screen. Pretty sweet, man. Oh man. What do you oh, love man. about it's that? A, uh, a couple of things. Obviously, just getting right to it. But yeah, it's they're they're doing a music that you know had lower fi quality recordings when it was in its heyday and they yeah. just have a much richer sound that guitar mm. sounds so rich and it has so much depth to it. And, uh, what a dude, what a voice, what a voice. And like, obviously these guys, you know, grew up listening to, uh, you know, Chuck Berry, but the, uh, the way they do what they do and the, like the, the lyrics in that are great too. Uh, it, it, uh, howls from the deserts to screams from the slums. Like that's oh. That's awesome. Yeah. And just talking about like the panoply of American music. And that's just great. It reminds me of driving my 1986 white Buick LeSabre down the, uh, well. down to see you actually driving 101 from like San Jose to San Luis Obispo. I had the sticker that said my president is Lee Marvin on the back of the, uh, that's right. Buick. And it was just, oh man, the, the blues mobile. And I just remember listening to that like album nonstop in that car. Nice. Okay, my number six is Like a Rolling Stone Live at Royal Albert Hall by Bob Dylan. Now, we're not going to hear the whole part before this kicks in. Oh my gosh, I wish we were. I will. Let me see what I can find. Let me see if I can find it. So, this is a great choice. I, dude, I was so stoked for you. I know exactly what you're. I know. Okay. All right. So, let me, let me set it up a little bit. So, this is the Dylan going electric concert. This is when you heard, when you hear think people say when Dylan went electric, obviously they mean he recorded albums with electric guitar, but this is like, as I understand it, this is the maybe, or did he do it first at Newport? He, he might've done the it. Newport folk festival. Okay. And I think you're right. Their minds. Yeah. And then, but then this is the concert, I believe that don't look back. The famous yeah, documentary, so the documentary is documentary. Is at, this is at the Albert hall. Yeah. Right? Royal Albert yeah, hall. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So this is definitely from the documentary, which might be a way you could get that recording, but no, I I've, I've got it. It's just at the end of the previous track. I'll, I'll find it basically. Got but it. so Dylan and his band, which is the band, the, the band. band called the band is his band. Is 1966, and they are doing their first versions of the electronic, you know, electric guitar songs in the UK. He they do two sets. The first set is just Bob and an acoustic guitar. That's the stuff that they expect. And then the second set is plugged in, and the crowd is not happy. At least a, plenty of them aren't. And so this, what we're gonna hear now is sort of the end of Ballad of a Thin Man coming into Like a Rolling Stone, the final song of the set. And I'll just tell you the the moment, my favorite moment is mm-hmm. when you can just barely hear him yelling to LaVon Helm behind the drums, yeah. play, fucking play loud. fucking loud. Uh, but before yeah. that, he gets called a Judas. And here, let's just, let's see what, how yeah. much of that yeah, yeah, we can yeah. get into yeah. Like a Rolling Stone. Shoot, you know what they took out of you have to have the you have to have the CD or the LP or whatever. But on that, you can hear someone. Yeah, you you tell. Yeah, yeah. Someone goes. Someone goes. Traitor. And Bob Dylan says, liar. 
play it fucking loud. <laughs> it's just like one of the greatest moments ever. It's so and you know, rad. Like, screw like, okay. How dare, but where do you, where, okay. How do I word this? Uh, <laughs> God bless you, England. We love you. Uh, don't tell an American how to play American folk music. Go fuck yourself. There we go. You know what I mean? Like sure. you paid your nickel, sit down, shut the fuck up. Well, none of us have paid a nickel except me for hosting uh, the episodes, but we are going to now shut the fuck up and hear the, one of the most incredible live rock and roll moments oh, yeah. ever put to tape. Oh, yeah. It's kind of hard, like, imagine what it sounded like then, you know, um, now it, all those tones still sound kind of, you know, like quieter and older mm -hmm. or whatever. And the reason I put this at number six is that because it's a live recording, it doesn't have as much of that gritty punch as the studio well, recordings do where they're kind of yeah. maxing it out, you know? Right. And also like they, uh, the tempo is a lot less than the, the studio album. And so like, yeah, you know, it's different, but. Uh, man, the organ in yeah. that recording is unbelievable. It is just like velvety and just explosive. It's just like, there's so much there. It sounds incredible. I think LeVon Helm sounds like fucking Dave Grohl. Oh like though God. he's just doing constant snare Tom rolls. Like the stuff that they were playing and, rec and recording with, couldn't even handle that kind of playing back then. Yeah. It is so iconic. Okay. What so that was, that was, what kind of equipment are you using in the sixties at a live recording? I mean, there's like just like a handful of microphones. Capture. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, you, if you watch, don't look back and, and other sort of concert footage from that era, even like the last waltz, like there's not mm -hmm. like all that many mics that they're using to pick everything yeah. up. It's, it's not like today. So, and it sounds great. Nonetheless, yeah. like it sounds great. Yeah. Okay, so that was my number six. Ryan, your number five is You're Gonna Miss Me by 13th Floor Elevators. Is this a cheap shot? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's not a cheap shot. It's a great track. I feel like, like uh, I, I mean, you, you can't, like, you can't start harder than uh, that guitar chord and then immediately start off on playing a corn whiskey jug. <laughs> which is let's, what they do okay which let, is incredible let's hear that
classic of psychedelic rock. So unbelievable. Good. Unbelievable. So many of those bands had jug players. It is yeah. one of those odd little artifacts of music that has not popped up very many other places. A little bit of like French pop, like some Serge Gainsbourg stuff, I think. But like it's, you know, right. Uh, not much. When you see them on stage, you see like a live performance of them on a TV show or something like that. And you see like up there and you're just like, is that a, is that a, is that a jug? It's, it's just <laughs> like it's, it just like blows your mind yeah and his voice i've never heard anything really like that at the, at the like the beginning of a song like who starts at that range that's crazy that's fun that's one of those tracks on that nuggets collection that you mentioned earlier that big uh, box set yeah and I, I like i'd heard that song before nuggets before i was aware nuggets is a really old double album that was i think i think i think it was sire records it was like it came out in like 1968 uh no i'll say 73 that compilation came out so this music had just you know passed its time you know like yeah uh but yeah i heard that song on some kind of uh, oh it was that same 60s compilation cassette tape yeah that's uh, that my dad's friend gave me um oh you know i think it was i want to say it was rolf nor from our church growing up yeah not the it was not the guy you'd friend. think of. Yeah. Wow. It's it, it was Jeff definitely an SFC friend, but um yeah. So like and then you know that uh when did when did uh good when did that movie come out? When did uh the Cusack movie come out? It was probably 98, 99, something like that. Gross point blank? High no, fidelity? I'm sorry. Um my brain's fried. Oh, what's the other one? Um High Fidelity. High Fidelity, thank you. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, well, my number five is from a similar era. Another mm. one of those often uh, included garage be. rock tracks, Psycho by be. the Sonics. Oh, the Sonics. Damn you. Ugh. Oh, baby. You're driving me crazy. I said, baby. You're driving me crazy. Where you turn me on Then you shut me down Oh well tell me baby Am I just your clown Psycho So this is a little yeah. lower on the list because it's it's a little bit less mm. about the sound. Like I haven't given a really good right. Sonic one yet, but oh my, just that like wow, like and then yeah. straight in. That is like the coolest way to get into a old fifties rock and roll song. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I it's funny you picked a Sonic song. I almost picked almost picked Strychnine. I was surprised you didn't have the Sonics on there. Honestly, yeah, yeah. that's funny. So that's, you know, similar era. They're a Seattle band, uh, just 60s garage rock, iconic now, sort of, um, you know, cult cult favorites, I, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and like, that's I love tune. how all of their music sounds like they blew out their amps and just keep kept using them. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like for those who are into that uh, organic, that really that, that kind of analog growl and crunch that I'm talking about here, those recordings are just chock full of it so cool so good all right set up your number four ever fallen in love by the buzzcocks yeah i mean uh just play it just play it it's explosive i love it 
Here we go. I think this is 77, maybe 78. Ooh, I don't uh, look that up, actually. It's see. off of Bytes. I don't remember when that came out. This is 78. Yep. Okay. Here we go. I think we played Unreal. that track on the very first episode of, of this show, the oh, Power kidding. Pop walkthrough. Oh, right. I know. I've got That's both right. that and What Do I Get on the playlist, and I can't remember yeah. exactly which, if we played one or both of those. But yeah, dude, that, that just kicks straight in. It just rocks so hard right away. It's Love like it. an explosion right at the beginning. They, I, Man, I, I never, when I, I remember, I think what, what Do I Get is the first Buzzcocks song I ever heard. Maybe orgasmatic. I don't remember, but I remember like I was listening to punk music and I was listening to early punk music and I was just like a baby discovering this stuff. And I was like, no band I'm listening to sounds anything like that. Who is this drummer and what drugs does he take? <laughs> like he's doing like 18 more things than a normal drummer would do in the span of, of, of one song. And it's just, I've never heard drums like that in my life. You know who sounds like him a lot as a drummer is Trey Cool from Green Day. Interesting. That really like I mean, a I'm lot sure. of sixteenth action and yeah. you know really getting that hi hat in there, kind of like propulsive. I've never yeah, thought about that. It sounds like now. driving for a second, and then he just does the high toms like as a break from the driving, and then back into it. Yeah, he's all over the goddamn place. It's <laughs> incredible. It's like Sea Biscuit all over the board there, but the um. The uh, but the the guitar is what really like just for me just really drives that explosive beginning like that uh, guitar uh, is just that's a great just riff. like it's like it's like starting up like an old grumpy V eight there's like you know it's just like that's what I that might have been the first song I thought of when you when you pitched this yeah. to me yeah I, it was it was number one on the original list you sent over so I thought that might have been the first yeah, to come that's to probably mind. that's probably yeah. what I thought yeah. Okay, well, I'm going uh, two years back. So that was 78. Mm. Oh, now we're going to go to okay. 76. So okay. uh, you're going you're gonna to at least be able to guess the album. What do you, what's the year. album? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What's, what's the album, the album's do you gotta think? Be, the album's got to be Ramones. It is. It's Ramones self-titled, but it is not Blitzkrieg Bop. Okay. I prefer I the I Bad Out of the Hell, Bad Out of Hell opening seconds of Judy is a Punk. Okay. Jack is the world, Judy is the road, we both want to have a on the ass to fight, yeah. I know why, don't know why, oh I don't know why, my turn now, oh yeah, my turn now, oh yeah, my turn now, oh yeah, my turn now, oh yeah. Second ball, same as the plan, Jack is the world, Judy is the road, we both want to have a on the ass so 
the Ramones are like a fucking cheat code for this episode type. Right. Exactly. Like it's yeah. 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 The, they the invent touchstone. punk rock. I know they're not the only ones who invented punk rock, right, but right, they right. they are responsible for the particular type of punk rock that sort of made its way through the '90s and and on, where it's like a guitarist playing, you know, straight down, like where there's no rhythm at all to the guitar other than it's a the, jackhammer. They're the, the the Martin Luther of. Uh... <laughs> Of uh, our, our punk rock, yeah. <laughs> nailing their ninety-five BPMs to the to the door. No, more like one hundred and forty BPM. Anyway, yeah. uh, the like their whole thing that they invent, and that is one of the you know core earth, wind, fire elements of punk rock, is that mm -hmm. just sort of buzzsaw jackhammer approach, and the drums are following along. Like basically, every single person is doing sixteenth notes for every. You know, there are no breaks. And so that is a cheat code for bad out of hell. Cause it's like, well, in a, in a certain sense, there's no more you can even possibly logically do than that. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, metal, a metal song might just do double kick. So it'd be like, you know, like, like that, like, okay, fine. But it's basically just the same thing, but even faster that the Ramones right. did. Like they, it's so simple. It's so dumb and righteously dumb to quote Lester bangs again. Right. So I, you could, you could also pick any song on this record too. Basically. Yeah. So, so what brought you to Judy as a punk? I just was listening through like the openings of a few of them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, there are four essentially identical openings <laughs> to songs. I love on yeah. this record that right. all just start with everything in. I right. mean, Blitzkrieg Bop is great with the Hey Ho, Let's Go, but that's actually less right. of a bad out of hell. It's, it's less guitar. It's funny. Um, so not to like spill the tea too much, but when Dan and I were setting this up, he said I couldn't pick Ramones because I wasn't allowed, but I did have, <laughs> I had to winnow down my list anyway, but I did. So I was thinking about Ramones, but I was split on two songs. Um, I think maybe off their second album. I can't remember. I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about mostly uh, Havana affair. I really wanted to like, I really like that song, not only because it starts immediately, but it also like the first line is PT boat on the way to Havana. Like what a great way to start a story. <laughs> like, okay. I'm immediately, in. I'm immediately in a story right now. <laughs> That's actually on Ramones Ramones. Let, let's hear the first 20 seconds of Havana okay, fair. PT boat on the way to Havana. That's a great start too. Yeah. 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 I like really, really dig that song. I forgot that was off Ramones. I was also thinking about Sheena as a punk rocker, but there's just totally. so many Ramones songs that would have worked for this. It's almost like too obvious, but, and, and I, that was before. I thought of naming it, naming it Blitzkrieg Bop already. I planned mm -hmm. to have that track on there. I'd already mm -hmm. made, started on my list. Oh, anyway, that's, that's my number four. I knew you'd like that one. Tell us about your number three. This is a record that was really important to both of us when we were younger. This is Slow Down from In The City, the album by The Jam. I love this album so much. I, um, it's hard for me to listen to The Jam. Not it's one. They're one of the bands that it's hard for me to listen to not like 
separating from an album. I have to listen to the album. Mm. They're one of the few bands that I just like. By the way, a lot of people don't know the jam in the States. So can you give a, give us a real brief intro to the band? Yeah. I mean, as much as I can, you, you might know more than I do actually, but, uh, the jam, um, like there, there's a couple of different ecosystems of like British music that I, I find really fascinating. There's like the city and the suburbs. And, uh, what I find is interesting about like, okay, so an urban band would be like the Rolling Stones. Right. And then a, a suburban band would be like the kinks. Right. And, uh, they both like bring different things to the table. The jam, what I really loved about the jam is they could bring like the city energy to the music, but they could also branch out and do that really lovely thing where they talk about like how great it is to be English and in the countryside. And Mm. it's just like, whoa, you're doing both things that the kinks did and that the stones did and in your own way, but you're also bringing in some really cool American music. Yeah. Um, A little bit of rockabilly, which uh, 100% the stones and, and the Beatles are not doing really, they're bringing like some, like, you know, Chuck Berry and Blues stuff like that, but they're not bringing, they're not bringing roll, in yeah. like Warren Smith. Like they're not bringing in like Carl Perkins, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the jam is doing that, but they're also doing like a lot of soul music. Yeah. And, uh, th- they just, they blow my mind and I have to listen to them as they evolve, like through albums and so it's really hard for me to listen to like a best of the jam or a playlist of the jam i gotta like do and i don't there's not a lot of bands that i feel like i have to do that with but they're yeah. one of the very few i describe them as like the first album is one of the first punk rock albums to come out of england in 77 which is this yep. record in the city um and then after that they they get bored with punk pretty quick and at, basically yeah. don't really do any more punk after that first record and they become essentially like a new wave band of a very, you know, a very British sounding kind of new wave rock band. And then they incorporate more synthesizers and horns and stuff toward the very end of their career before they kind of reform as the style council. And then Paul Weller just has been a solo artist since the end of the style council. But here is slow down by the jam. It's, it's funny that um, how tired they got of punk and maybe how tired punk got of them. So mm. uh, there's uh, a song that the clash did called white man and Hammersmith Palais, which is about the clash and the jams relationship souring on each other. There's a line that says uh, uh, the new group's not concerned with what there is to be learned. They got Burton suits. You think it's funny turning rebellion into money. And uh 
uh, there's another line where they say if Adolf Hitler flew in today, they'd send the limousine anyway. So uh, like, apparently Paul Weller like was disappointed with the Labor Party and yeah. screwing things up. And he said he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to vote conservative. I'm just going to vote Tory. And uh, the clash like lost their minds and uh, called him out in a uh, in white man in Hammersmith Valley, which I think wow. is super interesting. Yeah. Yep. Internecine punk battles from late 70s England. That oh, I love that drama. He's kind of like your beat, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're going to zoom backwards in time for my number three pick. Back to that garage rock. I'm going to give you Ooh. one guess. I think you might be able to guess what garage nugget I'm going to play right now. Oh, damn. Garage nugget from like in, in that kind of ecosystem of the nuggets uh yeah i'll give you it's it's the year is i actually don't know i feel like it's 63 or something like that pretty early pretty early um, you can correct me if i'm wrong interesting if i had to shoot from the hip you're putting me on the spot here uh okay give me a country america america let's say uh hmm, what do i know about dan oh you got me stumped what do you play it everybody's heard of this one ryan I'm sure, but there, there's so many. I mean, what about? Uh, uh, <laughs> I went. Everybody's heard about the bird. bird, bird All right. Bird's a winner. Well, a bird, bird, bird. Bird is a winner. Well, a bird, bird, bird. Well, a bird is a winner. Well, a bird, bird, bird. Bird's a winner. Well, a bird, bird, bird. Well, a bird is a winner. Well, a bird, bird. Bird's a winner. Well, a bird, bird, bird. Bird's a winner. Well, a bird, bird, bird. Well, a bird is a winner. Well, a bird. Just every instrument is like struggling to be to be set free out of like, you know, it's like a, a writhing face underneath a a stocking. In a bank including robbery, including his voice, including including his voice, his voice like, and that like, and that ride super, symbol and the bass. What's super insane about that song uh, to me, and there's a couple other bands like this where it sounds like, and obviously the Cramps pick up on this because they cover. By the that way, later, this is Surfing Bird by the Trashman. I didn't say that. Right. Um, it sounds like the undead playing music. It sounds like zombies playing music. Like Gene Vincent's voice sounded like that too. It's just like the undead rising from their graves, grabbing crappy instruments and jamming until sun rises. I want to look up. Cause I actually feel like this might've even been in the fifties. 63. I was right. Okay. 63. That makes sense. Like given that kind of, are they from Southern California? I don't know anything about the trash men, like individually, actually, obviously I know the song, but they are from Minneapolis. San Fernando Minneapolis. Yeah, oh dude. Minneapolis. Wow. Yeah. Uh, great wow. song. I think that that drum break that we heard where it's just the, you know, he's riding the floor, Tom, that was yeah. probably the first like punk drumming I ever heard. Probably would yeah. have been on Surfing Bird and a lot of people yeah, I, as well. I was listening to surf music way before I was listening to punk music. Exactly. Way. I mean, that came out, uh, that came out for 13 years before the Ramones album. Interesting. Uh, and like, it's not that different except that the guitars are more distorted and you know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, it's so rad. Okay. Dude, hats off to Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
for creating the Trashman. All right, you're number two, All Day and All of the Night mm. by The Kinks. I was surprised yeah. listening back actually just how grainy and and slammed full this recording is. It's so, oh, so yeah. compressed. Sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. In the daytime Girl, I want to be with you all of the time hard to know where to stop on that one it's just so seamless and that like 64 man there's there's so much going on there so it's it's not just like like the guitar you're talking about and there was an ecosystem that was going on in the mid 60s that was doing a lot of that kind of um really grainy you know guitar like that but there's they've also got like a a slightly slower um like bo diddley kind of beat going the dun 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 dun, yeah you know like that that's like kind of a but it's like a little bit slower in a way, but then the the vocals, oh my God, like that is, and uh, did you notice like right after the guitar intro, like they start immediately with the tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that too. Yeah. Like it, it brings like a, a higher end and like happier sound to like what sounds pretty aggressive. Yeah. And then the vocals like just blow my mind that, and as of this recording, uh, John Gosling died last night, uh, the keyboard player for the kinks. Um, so it feels wow. relevant tribute. right now, but, um, Small tribute. this is, this is my favorite band. The Kings are my favorite band. The Kings have always been my favorite band. 100%. The beach boys got something to say about that, Ryan, but I accept it as your lived experience. <laughs> okay. All right. To my number two, uh, if, what, if what we're looking for is this real warm analog crunch, this is perhaps the Urtext. I would argue this is the, the, this okay. is the number one example in the Western canon of the particular type of distortion that we are talking about here. It's not What's my number one be? pick. What's it gonna be? Uh, I think you will. I think you'll know once you know, and you'll punch yourself. Here we go. Oh no! God damn it! thoughts i want to hear yours first that's by the way white light white heat by the velvet underground i was listening to that today while i was mowing the lawn nice 1968 that record that's that's 68 interesting yeah Yeah, um the thing that always blows me away about that 
recording and maybe like kind of Lou Reed's thing and the underground's thing is like, if you understand what's going on so far, like in the progression of that music, this is an inevitable step. It almost feels like, but then mm-hmm. it also feels like what he's doing is super reasonable. Like there's that piano that we heard Bob Dylan doing, uh, mm-hmm. that we hear everybody else doing like right there. We hear the guitar that we just heard in the kinks. Like we hear all of that stuff, but the way that that, that the underground, like, mixed their music it sounds like you're in a hallway where like okay on this side someone's playing guitar and on this side of the hallway in another room someone's playing piano and someone down there singing and and the voice lou reed's voice is so like forward in that Uh it's drowning out the piano it's drowning out the drums and it's almost drowning out the guitar and i love it and in that sense it's like okay two things like oh my gosh i'm getting goosebumps so one of the things that when we did like the post punk walkthrough or something like that, it kind of became clear to me where um, Velvet Underground sits on the mm-hmm. road to punk, mm-hmm. and they're always mentioned, but it was never it never used to be obvious to me because there's really there's not like that much punky about them. They're mm-hmm. like a arty rock pop band or whatever. But two things here: they are totally the midway point between early rock and roll and punk rock. And you think about go backward, his voice being at the top. And then this kind of messy, distorted bed of music that sounds to me like chubby checker, little Richard. Totally. You know what I mean? It's these earlier, more primitive record. Like they are purposefully taking themselves back 15 years of recording quality back to totally. the early mid fifties. What they were just listening making, to when they were kids. Exactly. But they're From, doing it you know, with 1968 technology, which right. is a different set of tools. Like they're, they're listening to the like shitty blown out speaker outside of the music shop in the yes. Bronx uh, yes. of like the new Chubby Checker album. Yes. Yeah. And then if you go forward, think about the, the quarter notes that dun, 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 dun. And then think, dun, 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 Jackie is a punk. It's mm-hmm. just faster. It's just faster mm-hmm. white light, white heat to totally. do punk rock. And like, you know, I don't want to like overstate it, but uh, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, uh, if you think about the personalities of the bands and maybe the drugs they're into, like uh, the heroin slows things down, whereas the uh, cocaine and speed like kind of speeds things up. Speeds uh, things up. Exactly. Like yes. And that's probably a part of it. Um, wow. Just I wanted to say before we move on from white light, white heat, uh, not everybody realizes this, but. There's a very uh, not stated, but I think direct nod homage. If you if you want to be generous, ripping off. Mm-hmm. If you want to be ungenerous, in the song "Drunk Girls" by LCD Sound System toward oh, White Light, White what? Heat. Okay, Have you heard it. this? No. I'd say I don't know. Is that too, too generous? That's fun, and I can, it's great yeah. song. Ooh, I can hear a lot in there. That's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I okay. um I am uh uh way out of my depth on a lot of yeah. That's not your genre, really. Twenty years. However, I heard one of his songs in a movie, and I was like, 
that is a cool song. What is that? And I like looked up in the credits of the movie. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. I think you would like LCD sound system. He, he's so steeped in like rock history and Mm -hmm. especially the like hipster crate digging, like kind of cult band rock history. A lot Mm -hmm. of which you really love. He's doing it in like a 2000s New York dance dancing Hmm. um, context. But yeah, we should remind me later. I'll make you an LCD mix. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. We are now to our number ones. And to be honest, Ryan, you stole my number one. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, that's okay. You're probably thinking about this song when you asked me to do this. It was definitely top of mind, but I, you know what? I let you pick without knowing mine. I did look, I didn't let you take Ramones. I said, you're not allowed to take any Ramones. I already picked one. And so I gave you this and I took, I kept that one away from you. So, so tell us about search and destroy by the Stooges. Um, I like, I don't remember when the first time I heard the Stooges, it would have to be in late high school, probably a junior or senior in high school. And I'm carefully, uh, I was just a, like, a, I was just like a liner notes junkie and I was a Rhino box set junkie. And I was like a bear family records box set junkie. And so I was getting all like, okay, I got to This is, you know, come on, this is the nineties. There's no Wikipedia using like none of that exists. Um, there's no Spotify to like, say, we think you might like this. It's literally like, this sounds crazy. Who is this? And who did they listen to? And where are they from? And then you start like piecing together like a conspiracy theory, you know, like bulletin board with like strings attaching to (laughs) different like. That's what it was like to discover new bands. Right. Like the MC5. Ooh, interesting. They're from Detroit. Who else is from Detroit? Ooh, uh, Iggy Pops from the Midwest and they they rock in Detroit. And and then like, I I think I might have come to the Stooges from the MC5, weirdly enough. Um, Cause I was just, I, I wanted to know where, like, I was so into punk and I wanted to know where punk came from. And as a kid, I was into like psychedelic and garage rock and, and surf music. So I was like, well, wh- where does all this stuff come from? And and how I know that like the cramps are covering like trash men. Why were they listening to trash men? Like what else were they listening to? And they were most certainly listening to uh, the Stooges 100%. This by the way, is the Iggy pop mix as opposed to the David Bowie mix was, which was the original album that came out. It's like 71 or something like that. Right. I really love the Iggy mixes. They are so scuzzy. They are, they oh are God. definitely the one to pick for the thing we're talking about here today. 100%. So that's why I'm choosing the Iggy mix. Here we go. Search and destroy. just like it's it's like an it's like a bomb going off it's like an explosion at the beginning of the song it's so wild to, what's the year on that song 1973 
73, dude, Vietnam is just ending. And this is like just a, just dripping with Vietnam references. Yeah. Uh, Napalm, uh, Son of the A-bomb, uh, Search and Destroy was a military term. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's like, it, this is like an announcement of punk is coming. Like, th- we are the forgotten sons. Like, this is like, this is the post Vietnam generation. Like, this is what's coming. And like it, it, he like plants a flag there. It's a cultural flag, but it's also a music flag. And like this is what's coming next. And it is some wild shit. <laughs> like it's such a violent song. And like so just just so right on. I love it. It's also one of those songs where it's like, isn't isn't that punk rock? And it's not quite punk rock. It is yeah. like as close as you can get to punk rock without being punk rock where it doesn't quite have the oversimplification yet. There's a bit more nuance and like the drum beat and like layering of guitars and stuff. It's not quite the Ramones, uh, but oh my gosh, just what a, what an absolute jam. Okay. We are now to my number one. Oh shit. What's it and be? Ryan, this What's is another instance, be? just like the Dylan record. It's oh, recorded God, live and okay. they've taken out some of the talking Oh, in between oh, tracks, okay, I know what you it know is. what it is. Okay, you I know, know what it is. is. So and I, I will do the talking that precedes this Excellent. track. Excellent. And it goes something like this. Excellent. And now it's time to. I'm two. And now it's time to. I'm two. Kick out the jams, motherfucker. Rage Against the Machine called to thank you, MC5, for their career. Holy crap. I mean, that's got to be, I actually think that is the overall number one. I think I, I think you challenged me to go, mm-hmm. to go one link further. And I think that all the stuff we're talking about, like the rock, like search and destroy is incredible, but that song encapsulates most perfectly. I think the thing we've been kind of circling around here. I think also think? the live. Yes. To your live's point. part of it. It's part yeah. of it. And like, yeah, it's interesting you picked two live tracks because that uh, it's hard to understand the uh, the impact of the songs without like the idea that all of these bands put on fucking incredible shows. Yeah. Stooges, of course, you know, famous for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of like I think. It, yeah. So I'm really glad you did that because, yeah, it's it's great here in Search and Destroy recorded, but that's nothing to kick out the jams live. I mean, that's just insane. And of course there's even better dialogue or whatever monologue, I guess, from the microphone speechifying before track one, Ramblin' Rose, which is not as good of a song, 
Right. Um, it's but a that's where, you know, yeah. are you going to be a part of the problem or a part of the solution? You must choose, brother. You must choose. Oh, and it's, then like, I want to hear you testify. I present to you a testimonial. The MC5 yeah. is the best introduction of a band I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I kind of, uh, so I thought about doing an MC5 song, um, but I was like, he's going to do it. Oh, you knew. Okay. You gave and, me space. And, but, uh, but I was like, what? If I really wanted, like, if we wanted to continue talking about the MC5 for a minute, yeah. if there was a recorded song I was going to pick from the MC5, yeah. it was going to be Teenage Lust. So let's hear it. off explosively. The only, the only bummer is that that record, because I thought about that record too, it's just, it's kind of bright. It's a little it's bit true. tinny. It doesn't have that low end. It's a 100% different sound. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it is but 100% still. just as energetic. Okay. So... Here's Teenage Lust from Back in the USA, lyrics might not fly today quite the same way they did in 1970 nope. <laughs> nope. but you're just dropped right into it yeah uh, oh that's so cool moving and great example like, get dropped into it great um, example yeah and like yeah you're right it sounds a lot brighter and stuff like that but you know what's interesting is like that you could tell someone who didn't know that that was the new york dolls and they wouldn't know and hmm. like so that kind of um energy and that that transfers straight from Detroit uh, goes right to Manhattan and then you get the ecosystem that creates the remotes, you know? So it's just like, it's just like a, they're all doing that. They're all doing a very similar thing. But if, but if Lou's doing Bowie and Bowie's doing (laughs) Lou, then Lou's still doing Lou. If you like Lou. Okay. I'll stop (laughs) quoting almost famous. Although this is really, it's kind of hard not to do with like (laughs) the bands that we look at this list. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, that's true. It is a very almost famous list. Sense. Um, I've got I've got one honorable mention. I don't. Do you have one you'd like me to play first? Um, no, you go yours, and then I'll go mine. Okay, and this one is I I do I love the way it kicks off both sonically and with the six count instead of a four or an eight count, and it's obviously taken a lot of DNA from White Light White Heat, and that's Roadrunner by the Modern Lovers. Oh, awesome. One, two, three, four, five, six. Run, 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 run. Going faster miles an hour. Going drive past the stop and shop. With the radio on. I'm in love with Massachusetts. And the neon when it's cold outside. Another huge influence on LCD sound system, by the way. Another reason you'll like them. I love few people in music history more than I love Jonathan Richmond. And uh, like he makes, so he makes music that makes me happier than I think any human being has ever made music. Um, Like he has, I don't know if you like, I don't know if you've heard the, like the Berkeley recordings. There's something about Mary original soundtrack. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That also does add uh, quite a bit of levity to the film. Yeah. 
Oh, totally, totally. If you find the Berkeley recordings, he did um, this song uh, about, it's called I'm a Little Mosquito. <laughs> Let me find um, it. What's that? Let me find it. Okay. Uh, like it makes, this is, this song makes me happier than almost, I learned how to play it on ukulele for summer camp that I work at. Um, but yeah, it should be, I'm a little mosquito. I think it's called or nature's mosquito. Nature's mosquito. I'm nature's mosquito by Jonathan oh Richmond and God. the modern oh lovers. Get ready, dude. Buckle in. I mean, honestly, if that wasn't getting him ready for the something about Mary soundtrack, oh I don't know what was. Dude, it's like, well, God put me here just like he put you. Yeah. We were, we've been recently yeah. t- teaching Soren not to kill bugs. Oh, I don't nice. know. Kind of like oh, out that's of like a new song. You need to play that for him. But that, but the yeah. mosquito is the one insect we say it's okay to kill because all they're oh, okay. here to do is bite us. So I don't know oh, if that's God. ethically consistent or what, but that's what we've been saying. That um, collection has the cutest songs I've ever heard. There's another one called I'm a little dinosaur. And uh, it like, basically the song is like, people didn't love me enough. So I had to go away and now I'm extinct. And maybe if you're I, nice to dude, me, I'm back. totally going to play this record with, with Soren for sure. It's okay. almost all children's songs. The whole yeah. thing is pretty much children's songs. Nice. Um, okay. So if we're going to do an honorable mention, uh, there was two that I edited off the list that I would, uh, I'm going to pick one of the two. Okay. Um, okay. It's going to be shout Bamalama by the Detroit Cobra. Oh yes. Um, tell us about because, the, Det- I love this song and this record and really the first three records of theirs. Tell us yeah, about the Detroit. Well, actually, I think you and I discovered this band at exactly the same time because I remember the first time I ever heard it was in your Ford Explorer driving nice. on 280. Like I'm almost certain they were a part of that garage rock revival. Like I think eventually I'll do one of these garage rock revivals as a tournament, like white stripes and you yeah. know, early black keys and all that maybe stuff. Some and strokes, maybe yeah. some black motorcycle club yeah uh, brmc yeah and there, the there, cobras there was this moment right there that oh go ahead yeah the cobras oh, i think yeah zoom's good zoom's a little funky here the cobras were one of those bands but they only did cover songs they didn't write their own tunes and but they mostly picked like relatively obscure songs totally they did a, a sonic song um they did and they like this is a otis redding song and it's a really early like if you hear this Otis Redding track, it's dirty. Like it's a dirty sounding, like low budget, you know, it, it's, it's like they did it in some like Quonset hut in the swamp somewhere in Georgia, you know, and it's yeah. excellent, but this is a really faithful cover and I love it. Here it is. Shout Bama Lama by the Detroit Cobras. He down Alabama. I'm shouting Bama Lama. Ten, eleven. 
Just while we're on it, because they oh are God. a really good example of a later band, kind of, especially the previous record, getting that real warm, all squished together kind of mm-hmm. porridge velvets sound. Let's mm-hmm. hear a little bit of, of putty in your hands. Oh, perfect. Perfect. I could go all night. <laughs> those, yeah, those like that. Is that Mink Rabbit or Rat? Is that yeah, that Mink one? Rabbit or Rat? Yeah. It's the album. Yeah, that that album was awesome. That I I had the other the one with Bamalam on it. I had that one first. Yeah, and then I got Mink Rabbit or Rat, and I was just like, I was just obsessed with that band. I couldn't yeah. get enough of them. So great. Yeah. So much nudity on the album covers, though. That was tough for me at that age. Well, I think the lead singer was it. Wasn't she a stripper? I don't know. Don't know, but she's a great singer. I I seem to remember hearing that. Well, Ryan, thank you for taking the uh, maiden voyage on our bat wings out of hell and up into the land of the living where we bring in the Blitzkrieg. Yes. And we we bring pure fire from the underworld to your ears. Uh, This was really fun. I'm glad it was really cool, actually, to to have to kind of match your vibe and basically pick nothing new and go with that, that crunchy thing and, and focus on, you know, what it would have been like to hear it, you know, in that moment, in that cultural setting, super fun exercise for me. I can't wait to see who else you get and like how you got to match their list too. That's, that's a, that's a pretty excellent idea for, for a little like quick run. Yeah. I'm excited. We'll see, we'll see who else pops up and, and what they pick, but either way, I think it'll be fun. All right, Captain Ryan Downs, thanks for joining me. Adios.